Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do in this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Thank you, thank you. There they are. Okay. What is it? My phone's talking to me now. Why is my phone talking now? Wow. I don't know. I don't know what what it's on. The Reddit. I hear music. There we go. I don't know how that came up or why that came up. I usually do the all about wine with the opening, and I was turning off and putting away my electronics because they were dinging, and I laid my phone down, and all of a sudden I started to hear something, and I looked over there, and this uh, Reddit was on playing something. So, I don't know how that happened. Welcome to All About Wine. I had an incident uh, earlier with uh, Google Home. Yeah, do you know, uh, I don't know if you have Google or Alexa or whatever those... Uh, I have Alexa, uh, yeah. But anyways, okay, it's, it, Google is kind of like, a, I don't know if it was the, the original, but uh, I don't know what it is. But, I uh, think it was. little yeah. device that's on the, on the entertainment center. And so anytime you want something, just yell at it and, you know, it goes... In. I don't want to say the keyword because everybody out there tuned in with, you know, speakers, their thing will kick in because it's happening. That's on right, TV. they will, but, you know, yeah. It will kick in. And uh, so today I was reading a menu from a, a Mexican restaurant, and it said um, – oh, God, what was it? Verdes or something? It was the uh, it was the sauce that they put on there. One was uh, Rojas, and the other one was – I thought it was Verdes. Anyway, so I asked Google to translate because I didn't know what it was. And I said translate to Span- or for Spanish to English this word. And the little, because it has a screen on it, started blinking, went going back and forth and stuff. And then it said, uh, and then it starts speaking Spanish. I was like, that doesn't do me good. I want to know what the English pronunciation is. So I said, what does this word mean? And she came back, and the entire description was in Spanish. And I go, oh my God, I just switched this thing to a different language. I'll never get anything done. And, uh, oh my God, it was, it was a nightmare. So I'd say, I'd say, okay, what's the temperature outside? And she'd come, you know, perk up and, what the heck is that? I got that about that. I was like, no. <laughs> 30 I, it, then I couldn't figure out how to switch back to English mode. And it was stuck in Spanish mode because I asked it to translate something. I thought, oh no. This oh is my God. Well, eventually I figured it out, but uh, oh, I said uh, how, oh, that was another thing. I asked, asked the stupid thing how to switch you back to English, and she gave the, the description in Spanish, so I, I still didn't know. Um, <laughs> just ridiculous. I was like, no, this this ain't happening. Um, but uh, I guess it's in the home app. You have to go up and select language, and uh, stupid. But uh, I was panicked there because I thought, you know, if I can't understand this, like, what's the point in having it? Um, yeah, you'd be stuck in Spanish forever. Yeah. A, do you yeah, do you say yeah. thank you? When you when you're done, do you thank uh, Google? No, no. Sometimes no? I, I, no. I've actually talked back to it a couple of times because it's given me oh. you know weird weird answers to you know something. I, or or especially when she starts talking and I never called her to begin with. Uh, yeah, had, oh, like yeah. you're just having a conversation or watching TV and and then she goes, I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand that. And I get on there and I go, I'm not talking to you. Stop <laughs> listening to me. <laughs> I've done that. Well, no, uh, I always yeah. say please and thank you. And I was talking oh. to Cap, our old friend Cap. He does too, because we are both of the opinion that when uh, artificial intelligence takes over the world, uh, 
then they'll remember us for being nice. And uh, you know, <laughs> so, you know, no, it doesn't hurt us to say please and thank you whenever we talk to them. So, you know, preparing oh, for the wow. future. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I never thought about that, about it that way. Um, yeah. There's a, you know, we we use it to control the lights because um, we have a, uh, the system where, you know, we can tell it, you know, turn the living room down to 40% and the, the living room lights will dim or, you know, the kitchen light, whatever. And um, it's, it's na- next time it's probably going to be, get your own light. Let's see how you like yeah. that. You know, it's like, <laughs> get off your okay. and go over and turn it down yourself. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but, well, you know, I mean, you know, it, when it's starting to control all that, I read something. I read an article. It was a. It it wasn't really an article. It was something. Oh, I want I want to say it, it was a short story in Playboy that I read way back in seventy four, seventy three, somewhere around there, and it was talking about this guy that had everything hooked up to electronics. I mean, this is, you know, back then this, and he had everything hooked up to electronics and he got home and he got in the house and the electronics shut everything down. He he couldn't get out. He couldn't call. He couldn't turn the light. He could not do anything because the electronics took over. And, uh, Oh, it ended out well. Those short stories always do, I'm sure. But, uh, but I, it, ever since I've thought about that, ever since I read that, that you get some something that controls your house like that, and mm-hmm. if it's a glitch or if it decides to be evil or something mm-hmm. like that, you can be in the house. I mean, turn off all the lights, turn the heat up in the middle of the summer. People oh, yeah. find you three days later roasted. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> We so blown a message on your uh, automatic system. You're like, got you back, got you back, got you back. Right, yeah. So always say please and thank you. you know, I uh, never thought I would have to start doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's going to get robot worse. Controlling everything. Yeah. yeah. You got one of those robot vacuum cleaners, and you know it. It started up once on its own, and uh, <laughs> watching TV and this thing, and you hear this thing. Sp- spin up it's like like what the heck is this damn thing doing now all of a sudden it backed out and it started vacuums like i didn't call it you know <laughs> no schedule anything I haven't figured that part out yet I can't figure out the yeah. schedule but it started vacuuming uh the living room it was like oh no i don't know who's controlling you but uh yeah get back go back home google um, would you please google. put the vacuum yeah, back <laughs> yeah yes yeah. You can actually you can actually tell it, but you have to say the vacuum cleaner's name. So, um, oh. but yeah, Google will do it. But uh, it's it's you know that's pretty sad though. We are very lazy. Um, yes, we are. Not like you yeah. said with the light switch. It's like you know Google's going to say get your own light switch. It's you know yeah, it's really not that far. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, uncomfortable. It's it's like I, I'm sorry, I got the dog on my lap or <laughs> the cat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I have other uh, things to do too. And on Saturday and Sundays, there's a delay. Normally, it's like right away, but there's a delay. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Google doesn't work on the weekends. You have to, you know, call it the next Sunday, show up to work or something. It's gonna have an attitude. It's gonna be, you know, I'm sorry, yeah. I haven't clocked in yet. That's right. Yeah. You know, you did not say please. <laughs> yeah, I'll say please and thank you. Oh yeah. The moral yeah, of the story. Say please that's and thank. Right. You. Yeah, you didn't listen to Ron Thursday. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, you gotta do that. I mean, something. No telling. Yeah. No telling. That's right. Make uh, a sticky, sticky. Uh, at the top of the page. Make a sticky page, note. Page. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Saturday yeah. mornings, Mike's oh, yeah. Flightline Radio at flightlineradio.com. Yeah. Yeah is now uh, live on Saturday mornings. He's, I guess you switched from your Friday night time slot to yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah, back to – I tried it out, and uh, there's, there's quite a few uh, – uh, I think the response was better than uh, on Saturday morning, which I can't understand because it's 7 o'clock my time uh, is pretty early. And um, I don't yeah, know. I just uh, adjusted it. it and did how, how far are we behind <clears throat> England and, and – you know, Europe. Uh, I, think, 
five hours, four hours. I did the math wrong last weekend, so I think it's five hours. I don't remember. We moved. We moved. Uh, we lost. Lost spring forward. We lost an hour. So I think we're at four. Well, they lose an hour too. I have no idea. Is, no, is they going there at the same time? Does Europe? England? Yes. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They're five hours difference. What this is showing. Okay. So London is London is twelve ten a.m. now on the fourth. Okay, so oh, when you do I, when you do seven to nine, then uh, yeah, that's so. that's two o'clock in the morning when you're finished. And when you do the Saturday uh, morning slots, that's two o'clock on yeah. Saturday afternoon when you're finished. So right, yeah. And that's probably yeah. why you're getting a better yeah. response because you do have a lot of European listeners. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there was a, uh, uh, it was a better turnout. So we'll see how that, uh, that'll stick for a while. Um, but that's kind of like my original time slot when I was on the other uh, station. So yeah, um, yeah. two years, I think. Yeah. Well, you're going to lose the West coast of the United States a little bit because (laughs) that's four o'clock in the morning. You'll be starting four to six So that. (laughs) That might. (laughs) Yeah that you're going to lose some listeners there but otherwise but you got you know you you do have a fair share of listeners over in europe so uh, looking that way uh well thank you yeah seven seven a.m to nine a.m saturday eastern time yeah uh, flight line radio dot com yeah. And that's F L I T E L I N E R A D I O. Okay. F L I G H T. F L I G H T. Yes, there you go. I was listening to it, I go, well, that sounds right. I don't even. That's not right. Yeah, I had to look on my screen and go, oh, no. G H T, yeah. F L I G H T. When one doesn't like, they'll try the other. Yeah, well, we hope. Oh, I can't get this. Oh well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tune in. Always, always fun. Always informative. And uh, if you have any requests, Mike tries to get to them. And so it's always, always a fun show. Um, and he gets to talk all by himself without me. He doesn't want to do this show by himself, but he does a great job on that show by himself. Yeah. No. Uh, that's easy stuff. This is this is uh, this is very technical. This is, um, <laughs> <laughs> the people with degrees in this uh, in this field, uh, for what I do, there's third grade education. You could do what I do. So there's a big difference. <laughs> in, in, yeah, I'm sorry. So, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot lot required for this for this knowledge uh, that you. Could. Uh, We've almost killed 50 minutes not talking about anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah, it is. Um, Wine Spectator Magazine came out already for the September 30th edition. Yeah, I got mine the other day, too. Uh, Uh, I I thought I'd do it. There was something on it that, let's see, where is it? It was right here. You know, I really need to get organized. It would make life so much easier for me if I were... But, you know, I went this long without, so why ruin yeah, it now? Yeah. Uh, um, let's see. What is, is this the right one? September 30th, yeah. Uh, they've got uh, uh, Whiskey Fest, I think, coming up. Oh, here it is. No, it's the 42nd Annual New York, New York Wine Experience. Yeah. Uh, weekend of Celebration of Exceptional Wine with um, chefs and food and the top 10 wines of 2022 uh, going to be there and uh, the value wine of the year and all sorts of wine stars, wine speakers and special guests, uh, all sorts of stuff. Gavin Newsom, the the, uh, governor of California is going to be there also. And it's going to take place uh, October 19th to 21st of this year. At Marriott Marquis in New York, New York City. Mm-hmm. 
you can register nywineexperience.com. So yeah. there you go. Tickets are, coming up. tickets are only $400 for general admission Thursday or Friday. Each day, $400. Uh, but, but you get the bit. Yes. But it oh. is Thursday, October 19th, and Friday, October the 20th. Yeah. Participating wineries are unbelievable. They have, let's see, I'm not even going to count them, wineries from Argentina, Australia, Austria, Canada, Chile, France, Israel, Italy, New Zealand, Portugal, South Africa, Spain, Uruguay, and hmm. then from the United States, California, Washington State, and Oregon. All going to be there. All rated 90 plus. Over 250 mm-hmm. wines rated 90 plus. So, you know, I mean, when you start thinking about it, $400 to give you a chance to taste wines that on some of these $400 would buy you one bottle. Yeah. So, yeah. it you yeah, know, we'll have a well, there's there's yeah. like uh, three days worth uh, the 19th, the 20th, and Saturday the 21st. It's uh, quite a bit there. A lot uh, a lot being offered for the package deal, and that's uh, that's $2,795 per person. Uh, but you get quite a bit more, um, and uh, it's it's yeah. There's it's going to be three days of of uh, just all kinds well, of food. Uh, you get. We have food uh, seminars, luncheons Friday and Saturday, uh, champagne reception, continental breakfast. A continental breakfast? Isn't that like what uh, donuts or muffins? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Complimentary wine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, VIP early access admission. Um, so, yeah, there's quite a bit of off there, but that's that's the, the big package deal. That's uh, for the whole weekend. So uh, check it out. Yeah, go to the website, as uh, Ron said, and you can register there in, in uh, nywineexperience.com. There you go. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. That's mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to bring up from the Wine Spectator. There was another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, another event coming up that I thought I saw in here. Uh-huh. Oh, there it is. The Whiskey Fest. Uh, Whiskey mm-hmm. Advocates. Whiskey Fest is coming up. October the 27th in San Francisco, November the 9th in New York, and December the 2nd in Las Vegas. You go to whiskeyfest.com, and you can get tickets and find out all about it and see what's involved. And it includes a subscription. Your tickets include a subscription to Whiskey Advocate Magazine. Excuse me. And so that's uh, that's something else that you can check out if you're into whiskey a little bit more than your wine. You can uh, buy the tickets now and get some early bird prices. But the leading whiskey festival in North America, whiskeyfest.com, to get information and tickets and all that. Yeah, and, and I think there was one more thing that was happening that I saw in this issue. Uh, nope, I guess not. But uh, Wine Spectator does have another magazine, uh, Cigar Affinjando, and it is about cigars. And so, to show that we on Cutting Edge, we had ourselves a cigar show. And I want to say six months ago, but I think it was more like a year ago now, because I lose all track of time whenever I start thinking about when shows were done. But uh, I was talking to the guys who were on the cigar show, and they said they think it's time that they come back and do another show. So maybe we'll start looking at that and uh, see if we can't set aside a time or date or something and get them back on. And I was thinking, well, if you'd like to see them back on, email me. But people don't email. I know that. People don't email. And, in fact, I was talking to the guys. They all have their shows and their things that they do and all that. And 
uh, we were talking last night, and they said that they never get emails. Every one of them say, oh, I got one here, and then they read it and all that. And But, you know, it's this, people don't respond to these things, and I understand why. I'm not criticizing. So I will put this in the other way. If you don't think we should have another Ooh. cigar show, then email me. Watch, I'll probably get into yeah. it. <laughs> that was but, uh, uh, July 28th of uh, last year. We had the cigar oh, show. Oh, so it's uh, July 28th. Over a year now. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we almost a little bit of a cigar show special with Cap, Craig, Phil, Mike, the other Mike, and uh, Ron. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that was good. Good show. It was, it was a fun, informative show. And I, you know, I, I they can. Uh, Always find more things. There's been, you know, new developments in uh, cigars that are coming out and new things that are happening and stuff. And now Cap is a representative for two or three brands on the West Coast. And so uh, that, that's something that has happened since last year. So uh, we're going to have to look at setting up a date. But first thing I want to say is if you don't, one thing on if you did not enjoy the show, email me and tell me. You know, and I'm just you know because I know you're not going to email me and say, oh, I think it's a great idea, let's do it because people just don't do that stuff. And like I said, I understand and I don't either. So you know, it's just nice to have you out there listening, regardless of if you are, you know, passive or not. It's great. Uh, so let's see. What's that? Oh, a little thing popped up here and it said, tell me about Direct Connect. Wow. Uh, and it won't let me clear it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, bar, <laughs> reddish bar yeah. or whatever. A reddish bar. It won't let me, yeah, it won't it let me clear it. Yeah, that was there last week. Couldn't get rid of it. Yeah, so. I can't either. And I don't want to play with it too much. <laughs> I might knock me offline. Um, so, we're looking at another cigar show, uh, maybe in a month, month and a half, something like that. Okay, what else we got here? Oh, let's see what what events are coming up this next week. Today is India Pale Ale Day. So, if you're not looking at having a wine, have an Indian Pale Ale, which is beer, uh, for those of you who are not beer drinkers. Tomorrow, National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. There you go. What wine to have with chocolate chip cookies? I think maybe maybe a cab or a Pinot Noir. Load of that cookie with chocolate chips and have yourself a, a cab or a Pinot with it. Saturday, National oh, Cost Cost Day. Well, that's something you can pull out of your brain there, Mike. C-O-U-S, C-O-U-S. It's a Middle Eastern staple. I guess yeah, it's pronounced uh, Couscous. Couscous? Couscous Day. Yep. Uh, National Day, National Day, blah, blah, blah. It looks like it has, uh, I don't know, rice or something. Oh, what is it? Uh, easy and quick to prepare. It tastes delicious when combined with herbs, spices. I don't know what that is. And vegetables. Uh, couscous can be eaten plain or mixed with other, with either salads or brothy stews. Uh, pairs nicely with roasted meat or vegetables and stir fries. It is low in calories. That's uh, it is made out of. Uh, uh, the history, don't need to. Wow, 6,000 BC. Oh, made from ground wheat is unlikely. Wow. Okay, never mind. Um, Middle East. Uh, it doesn't say. Yeah, it's very easy to cook. It can be eaten daily, but they don't tell you what it is. Um, How to make it. Uh, it's uh, similar to rice, pasta, or bread since it's an inexpensive and highly nutritious product made from wheat or other cereals uh, that can uh-huh. be preserved long term. So there you go. Uh, uh, okay, yes. couscous. So, so we'll try that. Sa- Saturday, uh, National Couscous uh, Day. 
Yeah, I've heard about it, but I didn't, didn't know that was a a thing. Okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Still educated. No, I'm not familiar with yeah. couscous. I'm, you know, you know, I probably have had it as back when I was a photographer. I did quite a few Indian weddings and Middle Eastern uh, couples, and uh, they never rented. Well, they never had it catered. They always just brought in family and friends, and they brought in dishes of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they always said, here, try this. Here, try this. And so I'm sure I've had it, but I don't remember it. Hmm. Oh, well, couscous, Saturday. National couscous day. Sunday, National Friendship Day and also National Sisters Day. So, good opportunity to have wine there. National Friendship Day. Grab yourself a bottle of wine, go over and visit a good friend. Or, grab yourself a bottle of wine and go visit your sister. National Sisters Day, if you're, you know, that probably doesn't apply to, like, me and my sisters, but it would to my two sisters. So, there you go. Uh, Monday, National Lighthouse Day. Raise a glass of wine just for fun. Tuesday, National CBD Day. Hmm. Well, that jumped up into importance very fast. And Wednesday, National Book Lovers Day. Grab yourself a glass of Chardonnay and sit down with a good book. Great thing to do on Wednesday. And it's National Book Lovers Day, and that's a good way. A glass or a bottle of Chardonnay and a book you've been reading. So, there you go. That's what's coming up this next week. So, uh, good reasons to have wine and enjoy that. And let's see what else we got in on this page. Nothing. I think this is caught up. All right. So, let's see. We've got bits and pieces of news for you here. Uh, no guests tonight. Oh, I, I'm... Working on, I've been corresponding with uh, two or three people here. Uh, finally heard back from one of the guys with that uh, Native American and plus some other people. So hopefully coming up here, excuse me, hopefully coming up here, we're going to have ourselves some guests coming on the show. But until then, we have some informative information for you as always. Let's start with this one here. Noble rot. I, I, I've talked about this and mentioned that the fungus that gets in the grapes and all that, but basically it's a good rot. This is what gives the uh, Excuse me, I had to get a drink in my mouth this dry. This is what gives the ice wines their sweetness and the uh, Baronage laces and stuff like that. It also makes for some very good salt churns and different things that you can find around the world. But as a rot, as a fungus, that's something that's not anticipated or looked on as a good thing. But let me just tell you a little bit about noble rot or uh, Botrytis scenario is what it's actually called, uh, the scientific name. Uh, while rotting food is usually not good, there are certain types of fungus that are actually sought after by winemakers in the winemaking world. And that is Botrytis cinerea, the type of fungi lovingly known in the wine community as a noble rot. And it has a special effect on grapes, which causes it to be extra sweet, also intensely flavorful. And if the growing conditions are right, you can get this year after year. I mean, it's it's common up in northern United States, southern Canada, around there. In recent years, more have been and uncovered about the functions and the benefits of this uh, fungi. Uh, they're used in a variety of fermented foods, 
cheese, beer, soy sauce, stuff like that. But what says this apart uh, in the sweet wines made from a noble rod is the fact that the wine is specific to regional conditions and climates, which activate the mold. When specific varieties of thin-skinned grapes grown mostly in vineyards uh, close to water, they experience the noble rot. Now, the particular fungi works to suck the moisture from the grape, making the grape's flavor, acidity, and even spice notes more concentrated, resulting in extra sweet, complexly floral wine with what is often described as having honey, caramelized, even pineapple undertones. Noble rot. Salt turns are a good example of that, and as is ice wines and stuff. Uh, is uh, let's see. Uh, this is why areas known for growing noble rot varieties of sweet wines are almost exclusively located near bodies of water, lakes, rivers, and stuff like that because of the moisture and humidity that gets in there. You know, foggy, misty conditions in the morning introduce this to it, and it causes the fungi to start growing and absorbing the moisture, and then it actually shrinks up the grapes and stop the taste of sugars in the grapes is what it does. Uh, the key to this is beneficial that the sunny days that follow the damp mornings in order to dry out the fruit and cause the fruit to continue to suck it out. Too much moisture or rainfall can take out an entire crop of the of the grapes, of the rotting grapes. So, you know, it's it's a gamble. Every every year it's a gamble that well I'm gonna leave these on the vine and hopefully they're affected by noble rot and maybe get them frozen on there and make my ice wine stuff like that. It's it's a gamble. Uh the process occurs each day during the fall part of harvest and continuously absorbs grapes moisture resulting in sort of a raisin-like fruit hanging with high concentrations of sugar and a real tart acidity. Uh, the flavor is deeply complex, sugary, and tart with a crisp finish. How do you enjoy it? Oh, i got a nap this way Noble Rot wines are golden in color and have a signature sweetness and caramelized flavors and are enjoyed with uh, desserts served alongside treats like chocolate souffle cake. And you can also pair the sweet wines with uh, savory meals like grilled salmon with tomato olive salsa. This is a suggestion here in this article. It also makes an excellent spritzer or cocktail, and uh, it is uh, just good by itself. Get it good and chill and just set and sip it by itself. Uh, you, you just savor the taste. It's just an un unbelievable result in a wine. Ice wines, Auslaces, um, Baron Auslaces, Spätlaces, any of those from Germany. Uh, are always good salt turns I just that's the way to enjoy the wines that have been affected with noble rod just sit down and enjoy it by itself just don't overthink it just enjoy it uh, noble rot uh, I want to tell you a little bit of, a little bit more about that I haven't talked about that in a while uh, I just saw another article here that popped up. This is oh yeah, there's a few things here that I can tell you about that might be good. Uh, it says twelve wine drinking mistakes you should stop making. 
Uh, let's see what they say here. First one, storing it incorrectly. Uh, be sure you always store it on the side. Keep it out of the light. Uh, get a wine rack. You can pick up one from Amazon or Target or anywhere. The average temperature being around 55 degrees, if you can. That's why most houses aren't that way. That's why wine racks, especially this summer when we're having the heat wave, you're not going to maintain 55. Get yourself a wine refrigerator. Mistake number two, aging wine that is not meant to be aged. Yeah, put wine away. Most wines are made to be consumed within two to five years. And that's usually reds. White wines should be a little bit less. Uh, drink them. Uh, most wines are made to be drank. If you're buying a wine at a grocery store, drink them. Don't try to age them. If you're buying a wine in a liquor store, those possibly could be aged. Ask the clerk. They should have enough knowledge to tell you if it's ageable and for how long. That's why I suggest you find yourself your personal liquor store that you buy wine from all the time or a personal wine shop. And the people should be knowledgeable. And then you can ask them if it should be aged. But don't be trying to age a wine. Most of the time they're not meant to be aged. They're just going to turn bad on you. So don't try to age it. Drink it. That's always what I tell people at the winery. I used to say, don't age it. Drink it. It's meant to be drank. Drinking wine that has been open for a long time. That's something else, too. Uh, once a wine bottle is open, you really should drink it or seal it back up and red or white if you're not going to finish it put it in the refrigerator and then bring it out about half hour 20 minutes before you drink it to let it get to be room temperature again it's okay to put it in the refrigerator red or white if you've not finished it you don't have to finish it i know you know if you open it up why not but if you're not in the mood then stuff the cork back in it or screw the cap back on or whatever you're doing and put it in the refrigerator until the next day. There is nitrogen canisters that you can buy that you squirt into the bottle which puts a layer of nitrogen on top of the wine. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt the wine. It just keeps the air off the wine. So you can do that if you don't finish it. But refrigerate it. Just pop the cork back into it and refrigerate it. Okay, next one, breaking the cork, you know, that's not a big deal. Be careful how you pull it out. That's the only thing. Don't have to worry. If you break the cork, then you can always put the corkscrew back in there and slowly pull it out. Just, you know, be careful. Be sure your corkscrew is working right and use that. Number five here is this, not letting red wine breathe. Well, most of the wines you're buying, you really don't need to let them breathe. I, th this is one of those things that if you're buying wines that need to be drank, drink them. Letting them breathe is not going to make a big difference. They might open up a little bit, but as you're opening it up and you're pouring the wine into your glass and you're swirling it, that's going to breathe. You're going to get it aerated enough there that it's going to taste okay now and white wines too you most the wines you're buying you can pour and drink and just do some swirling and look at the legs and look at the color and swirl a little bit more and smell it and swirl a little bit more and smell it again and by this time it should be opening up for you to drink i Really, most of the wine that you get, you don't need to let it breathe for a long time. Okay, this is a good one. Only drinking wine based on color. Yeah, that's a good point. I only drink reds. I had people come into the winery. I only drink reds. What are you having reds? And I go, why do you only drink reds? Did white wines do something to you one time that you're mad at them or something? I mean... 
there are some great white wines out there, great rosés too, and great reds. If you're a white wine drinker, a rosé drinker, there's some great reds out there. And there's some lighter reds, and you don't have to go real heavy. And there are a little bit more body into some white wines and some rosés. So don't stay with one color of wine any more than you should stay with one type of wine. I only drink cabs. I I can't remember how many people would come into the wine and say, I only drink cabs. Do you have a cab? And I go, yeah, but why? It just, you know, do you only eat pasta every night? There's so many other ways to enjoy meals and so many other ways to enjoy wine. So, uh, open up your mind to other wines. Next, when using the wrong cup or glass. Well, we've talked about glasses before. Drinking at the wrong temperature. Yeah, don't get it too hot. You know, there's no such thing as room temperature. Everybody's got their own room temperatures. And so don't say, I need to serve it at room temperatures. White wine should be around um, 45. Red wine should be around 55. And rosé is about in the middle. That's really the best way to do it. And just if you can just keep it there, then you're fine. Number nine, they say on this list, overfilling your glass. Yeah, don't don't go over half full. In fact, keep it just shy of half full is really the best place to do it. And that way you can swirl the heck out of it. Uh, next one, judging the wine based on the package. We've talked about box wines and canned wines and all that. Too much on this show for you all to be judging wines by the packaging. Number 11, only drinking wine from one region. This is as bad as only drinking red or white or a different type. There, you know, I only drink California wines or I only drink New York wines. Or if I can't get a wine from Pennsylvania, then I'm not going to drink a wine at all. You know, give it a chance, as always, different ones. And the last one says pairing with the wrong food. Well, you know... What is the wrong food? Your taste could say, oh, this will go right, great with this. And if I say, ooh, I don't like that. And then, you know, if I have something else, is that pairing with the wrong food? I, you know, so some of those are good ideas. Some are, you know, bad ideas. But the thing is, you know, open up your mind about different wines and stuff like that. I think that's the big thing there. Okay, is this the one-on-one here. Yes, it is. Uh, there is a new <coughs> new American Agricultural Agribusiness Association that has launched. It's called A3. It's a nonprofit membership organization for farmers and agribusiness, including uh, growers, grape growers, and the purpose of it is to help develop an educational platform for farmers and agribusiness on a national level. And it will include uh, a network of partners and risk management, captive insurance structures, farm bill updates, carbon industry trends, farm and transportation safety, buy sell agreements and estate and succession planning and a whole lot more which is a cool thing that can help a lot of these wineries small wineries become uh, knowledgeable in some of these areas so if that's the case i think it will definitely serve its purpose it's going to include all sorts of levels of it um, individual farmers, agricultural processors, cooperatives, and all the related business. But A3, and if you see that little tag or little thing on there, A3 on it, that's what it is, American Agribusiness Association. I don't know if they'll be putting that on stuff right away, but I'm sure you'll be seeing stuff like that. And let's see, what is the next one? Oh, this is Discover the World's Finest Red Wines of 2023. 50 of the Great Reds of 2023. Uh, gold medal winner is number one 
as a 98-point Italian wine. It's a Sordo Barello Mon Previto 2019. Uh, and let me see if it tells you the grape. Nobello, uh, Nobello grape. And they said it's just a phenomenal wine, highest caliber. And they don't give a price on this list. I think they do on the other. Number two is a 97-point Barbera from Italy also. Next one is 97-point Montepulcino from Italy. And the next one is a 97-point... Oh, Jesus, I'll destroy that. Oh, Tempranillo grape. Here it is. 100% Tempranillo grape uh, out of Spain. And the next one is a 96-pointer out of Spain also. And it's a Petit Doe and Monastrell blend. And then they go from there. But what's interesting is... When you go to the list, and I did that, went to the list to try to follow it, the actual chart broke it down in a different way than I've seen charts before. This broke it down into red, no oak, red, six-month or less oak, red, six- to 12-month oak, red, 12- to 18-month oak, red, 18- to 24-month oak, and red, over 24-month oak which they usually just compare them all together. This way they broke them into different categories, which I suppose they give more gold that way. Uh, Gold and silver was the only things that were awarded on the the judging, nothing more. Uh, So it was all gold and silver. And... uh, Let's see, uh, 97, 97, 96. Silver medals were an Italian wine, another Italian, then French, and that was the categories there. The red, no oak, uh, Italian wine, which these red, no oaks were really pretty pretty inexpensive. Uh, most expensive, 25 euro. What's the exchange rate, Mike, on euro and the dollar right now? Do you have that off the top of your head? I'm sure you do. Uh. <laughs> Let me see. If my memory serves me correctly, it's uh, one euro is equal to a dollar nine. Oh, a dollar. So they're pretty close then, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're not too cents. far off. I thought they no. were further off than that. So 25 yeah. euro is only about $26 then, yeah. Twenty-seven, ten dollars is only ten dollars and nine cents. No, ten dollars and ninety cents. Um, so we got a silver medal here, ninety points from France. Red, no oak for six sixty euro. And uh, let's see, the six-month oak up to six-month oak is. Most expensive is 15 year old. Six to 12 month oak. The most expensive is 37 year old out of Spain. That's a gold medal winner with 95 points. And 12 to 18 month oak. We have a 51 year old that got a silver. That's out of South Africa. Uh, most of them are substantially cheaper than that. And uh, here's one for that one gold out of Italy that's 12 euro. And 18 to 24 month oak. Now these are going to be more expensive because it takes time and money to age your. Jesus. I have. I killed him. I had this gnat that's been buzzing around my face the whole show. Uh, finally got him. Uh, an Italian red 90 euro. Uh, here's a Spanish red, uh, but it's a magnum for 250 euro. 
and let's see, 250-year-old was uh, 96 points, and the 91 was 98 points. And let's see, and then the 24 over 24 month, a Italian gold got uh, 95 points, 90 euro, and an Italian silver, 93 points, is 15 euro. Both of them aged over 24 months. That seems odd, the price difference on those. So, there you go. Those are... uh, uh, claimed as some of the best red wines in the world. It seems funny that they were not competing. 50 great red wines of the world 2023. They weren't competing against anything new world. That was just old world. Although there are those out there who think that old world wines are the best, period, and no New World wines can compete against them. Uh, Meh. I don't know. I'll leave that argument for another time. Okay, next one we want to go to is not on this page. The next one we want to go to is this one. Uh... There it is. Okay. Pierce disease and glassy wing sharpshooter. They put the wine grape assessment on this. California pays for this. California Pierce disease and glassy wing sharpshooter board, the PDGWSS board, has an assessment that they put out. This is what funds them and this is what funds the research. Uh, and it is the wine grape assessment rate is at a dollar twenty-five per one thousand value for the 2023 harvest, uh, which simply means that for every one thousand dollars that you bring in, you owe a dollar twenty-five. Uh, seven additional designated wine grape pests and diseases. And 2023 assessment is expected to bring in an estimated $5 million. Uh, So it's, they're saying it's helping. The assessment has averaged $1.35 per 1,000 of value and has collected $83.1 million since 2001, uh, which is a good substantial amount. Too bad they haven't wiped it out yet. The uh, research funding that this goes into goes into Pierce disease, all sorts of programs on that. Insect, uh, sharpshooter fear behavior, insect and virus, and viruses. So those are where the money's going on all these things. And uh, let's see, where is the biggest amount going? One, two, two thousand. Pierce disease is the biggest category of uh, projects that are going into it, as it should be, because Pierce disease gets into California and it could devastate the great lines there. Uh, Let's see, is this the same thing? No. Uh, let's see, this this lists the uh, different bugs and everything that they're battling against. Uh, brown mormet, stink bug, European grapevine moth, grapevine fan leaf disease, grapevine leaf roll disease, grapevine red blotch disease, milly bug, pest of grapevines, and spotted lanternfly. These are all the ones that they are along with Pierce disease, all the ones that they're doing research on and trying to do it. Good. I hope they find a cure. They can let everybody know because that's the best thing about it. Once they do find a cure, they do share it. And that's what we need. Okay. Let's see. What's the next one we're going to look at? Uh, 
Speaking of spotted lanternflies, scientists have developed a radical new solution to seek and destroy the spotted lanternfly. This is, jeez, oh, I hate when they do that. Uh, spotted lanternfly is taking over while stomping out the invasive pest is a new way to do it. A new autonomous robot may be ready to step in now. The robot is nicknamed Tartan Pest and was built by Carnegie Mellon School of Computer Science, and it uses artificial intelligence to detect eggs laid by the spotted lanternfly, and then remove them from the trees and trunks and all that before the eggs hatch. Hmm. It's a new promising tool, and it's using artificial intelligence to learn more how to do it and how to identify the bug and how to remove the eggs and all that. The computer uh, vision that allows it to see egg masses, and then the computer on the robot then compares it to the database of what it has seen that is egg matches, and then it removes them. It's got a robotic arm that will scrape the egg masses off of trees or wherever they are. I don't know how well it's going to work in vineyards, but they're saying it's, it's working so far in trees. Uh, since 2014, uh, spotted lanternflies is growing in the east coast of the United States, which threatens over 100 species of trees and plants. And it's really more damaging to the grape and, log, and, grape and logging industry. Uh, they don't harm animals or humans, the spotted lanternfly, but they are economically and ecologically devastating plants. Uh, Pennsylvania alone could cost the state and its farmers $324 million annually, and the loss of about 2,800 jobs so there's something else to keep in mind when you start speaking about, oh, it's just a bug. It, it's really devastating. That's in Pennsylvania, which is the hardest hit state so far, but it is spreading. New Jersey, Ohio, New York, all these different places have seen it, as have other places across the country, including Oregon and California. So I haven't heard of any in Washington State yet, but that doesn't mean that they might not be up there. So... That new robot is our next tool against the tartan pest, T-A-R-T-A-N pest, uh, is the nickname of it. And it's a new autonomous robot that is uh, doing it. Okay, let me go back out here. And look down here. Uh, oh, weather and economic factors are driving the smallest Australian wine grape vintage in more than 20 years. They have had uh, horrible weather down there. They've had some heat Excuse me, they've had some heat that would put some areas in the world to shame. It's, it's been unbelievable. Um, Vintage report uh, shows that estimates at 1.32 million tons, which is down 26% of the average. And inland regions of Riverland and southern Australia, Murray, Darling, Swan Hill, which is in New South Wales and Victoria, and Riverina, which is New South Wales, have really been the ones that have taken the brunt of all this heat and everything. And it's showing the effects. The rest of the country has been down like 15%, but those areas were the ones, the ones I just read you, were the ones that have been hit the hardest. Uh, total crush... Uh, down 24%. Total value is down 
and the average purchase price for grapes is up 2% because they're so rare, so they've raised the price on them. Uh, the uh, red wines, the crush is down 26%, white wines down 22 and crust by variety. Uh, Syrahs is their biggest crop in those areas, down 20%. Chardonnay down 29%. Cabernet down 39%. Sauvignon Blanc down 5%. And Merlot down 31%. Wow. I mean, this is we're going to see. And you say, well, how does this affect me? And as I always respond to that question, it's going to affect you in the fact that cost you more to buy Australian wines. And it's as simple as that. It's not going to be cheap to buy Australian wine, especially from those regions. If you're used to getting wines from those regions, it's going to end up costing you more money because it's costing them more. And some areas, some uh, farmers probably won't even produce any because of it. Uh, let's see. One more thing here before we... Oh, it's already here. Well, one more thing here. There is a winery in South Africa that is celebrating, now get this, celebrating 338 years. Wow. 13 July, once again, marked a momentous occasion for South African heritage, and particular wine as it celebrates the 338th birthday of Grot Constantinia. Tia, I guess it is, yeah. South Africa's oldest wine-producing farm. Uh, and it has been uninterrupted record of producing legendary wine since 1685. That's amazing. That really is amazing. <clears throat> Let's see what else is they. They state is South Africa's most iconic wine farm, and it has won awards and international acclaim uh, to mark its milestone. It's celebrating by opening the vintage vaults on the estate to make limited amount of their famous and collectible wines available to taste and purchase. Uh, from July 13th to the end of August, they're rolling out a unique vintage vault experience, an offer never offered to the public before. So jump on the plane and fly to South Africa. This is an unprecedented event. Uh, they have awards from all over the world, literally all over the world, from kings and queens and dukes and monarchs and just about everybody and every, everything. It's just unbelievable. Uh, even was written about Jane Austen's Sense and Sensibility. They, they uh, She wrote about the winery uh, and all, all sorts of it. It's unbelievable. If you want to look it up and find out more about this, go to www.grot.constantia. That's C-O-N-S-T-A-N-T-I-A dot C-O dot Z-A as in zebra. GrotConstantia.co.za, and uh, or uh, see, use the hashtag hashtag since 1685 to share their birth birthday experience. So there you go. Wow, that's that's interesting. All sorts of accolades from around the world have been written about and been praised by kings, queens, and monarchs since 16, or, yeah, 1685. Wow. Okay. And there we it's go. A long time. Yeah, that is a um, long time. Well, 
uh, that concludes the show for August the 3rd, 2023. Our next one will be, oh, that's easy, on August the 10th. <laughs> hey, don't yeah. up. Uh, seven plus three is ten. Okay. Uh, next Thursday <laughs> is uh, August the 10th. We'll be back at 7 p.m. Eastern Time right here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, all over the place. So uh, thank you all for uh, joining in, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, your feedback is always welcome. And um, if you, uh, like like uh, Ron had mentioned at the top of the show, if you do not want to have another cigar show, email them at, oh, I guess we'll send it to All About Wine. didn't write that down. All About Wine 101 at gmail.com. Yep. Okay. If you do not, of course, uh, otherwise, yes. silence yes. is consent. Uh, that's right. Silence is consent. And since we don't normally get uh, emails, uh, chances are we're going to have another wine show. So, or not, <laughs> a cigar show. There you go. Cigar show. There you go. I'll figure this out. Um, I'm trying to hit the buttons here. Uh, that'll do it for tonight. Thank you again. Have a great weekend and uh, enjoy the uh, uh, National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day and the rest of the days uh, uh, coming up. And uh, drink wine. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Stay and, uh, safe in the and, heat. And, yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, we're still Everywhere. going through that too. Yep. Um, thank you very much and uh, have a great week. Be safe. Thank you. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Be safe. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebpr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. There we go. We are done there. That's closed. And to the green room. And to the green room. Where's my cursor? I lost. Oh, there it is. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.